Welcome back, everybody. On the trail with the Shuddies, episode four. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Thanks for tuning in again. It's mm-hmm. nice to have you back. Yeah. We are getting to an interesting phase in the podcast where we're telling people about it and posting it on their socials, and people are actually listening. Yeah, people are actually listening. I remember in the first episode that we recorded, mm-hmm. I at the end of it, I said, like, I'm going to pretend that I'm just talking to one person that, right. and that whoever's on the other end of this is just one person. And mm-hmm. then we check our our little... Um, and that... And, and that... What, wow, I just had a stroke. Analytics. Oh, my goodness. Um, and there's, like, 50 people who are listening to it, and there's we've got 66 plays or whatever. And that's yeah. that's really this is very cool. So thank you, mm-hmm. and um, really this is appreciate quite it. fun. So it, there is something strange though about when you first start doing content creation. There's something freeing about like being invisible. Mm. It doesn't matter what it doesn't. Well, I mean, it doesn't really matter what you say or do. Like in my mind, I can always just put it behind a curtain of oh well nobody's probably gonna see it but then we start telling people about it we start posting about it and i'm like wait people are gonna see it (laughs) um that's a little awkward so um i definitely feel for you ciara um why because this is your first time really doing that and i had to go through that a little bit when i created a youtube channel for my art last year um and so this isn't my first rodeo when it comes to content creation anxiety but this is yours your first one so yeah i i want to talk about content creation anxiety because um instagram makes me nervous Mm. um why is that (laughs) well for a while um, well, it was actually December of 2021, mm-hmm. I believe, is when I deleted Instagram. Right. Um, and I just... Like deleted it from your phone, right? Yeah, I deleted Instagram from my phone. I wanted to delete my account, but I could not figure out how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> because apparently it's like... There is a way. It's, it's right down at the bottom of settings. No, Well, that's what you think, though, but you can't actually do it. It's like... <laughs> It was, it's like, like how, it's like a big mystery, unless they like made it less of a mystery in the time that I had to, had it deleted. But like, um, so I, I had Instagram deleted because I was like, you know what? I would rather live, um, without the, like the, mm-hmm. the little window open in my mind of, I should probably post this or what would people right. s- like think about this? Mm-hmm. Or like, um, I did a lot of, I took, um, a lot of photography courses in college and, um, mm-hmm. I really enjoyed, um, like the projects we would do. I would post on Instagram, on my Instagram, I would post like, um, the projects that, right. I, that, um, I would have because I liked them. Um, and I did a lot of portraiture photography mm-hmm. and made it look all cool and everything. And so of course, like, I don't want to just be like, okay, cool. Turn this project in and got this grade. <laughs> now it will go into the archives of Google drive forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I post on Instagram and, um, there'd be, you know, the algorithm or whatever, just, I would get 20 likes on something that I <laughs> that I worked like really hard for and of course I didn't like do it for yeah. Instagram but mm-hmm. still you know that affirmation or the lack thereof yeah. um and then when you post something and then you um 
the feedback you get from people who uh-huh. aren't really the people that are important in your life mm-hmm. um that kind of gives you like a uh there's like something psychological with, with that and, mm-hmm. yeah. um and so i deleted instagram because i didn't mm. want to deal with that anymore and it was wonderful for probably yeah. what was it like a year and a half or if you did it at the end something. of 2021 it's now mid 23 so that's a year and a half yeah and then um i just got it back i want to say two weeks ago maybe or a yeah, week and a half ago a week and a half too yeah, for the purpose of sharing this podcast mm-hmm. and um, and the oh my gosh, we can link her. I can link my website now because it's you out. can um, sharing my my um, knitting business, mm-hmm. my online shop that I've created um, because Instagram is good for marketing if you can do it right. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that uh, redownloading Instagram and just being inundated again with all mm-hmm. the. Um, it's a whole, it's a whole like, it's like a shock culture. Yeah. Instagram culture. It's weird. Yeah. It's really weird. Yeah. So anyway, what are we talking about today, baby? Well, it, it kind of plays into what you're talking about. Um, we, a big, a big motivator for today's topic has been when, um, Whenever I start telling people about the podcast, mm-hmm. and um, they're like, "Oh, that's cool," so what's it about? You know, <laughs> um, van life stuff, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but like, that's not everybody's cup of tea, right? right. So, um, what I uh, what I've been really just saying is that uh, our podcast is about the van and our van build, but it's not just that because there's a lot more going on. In our daily life than just a van build. Like, yeah. we can't just make content sick, solely centered around the van because we're both just living adults mm-hmm. and we don't have that much time or money to make content purely about the van. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like that we chose the term on the trail because we're on a trail of life. And so a lot of the topics we're going to talk about are just life topics. Yeah. Um, kind of like how the second half of last episode ended up being mostly about like relationship, uh, dynamic and conflict resolution. Mm-hmm. So like, while that's not necessarily directly tied to van life, it is part of just life in general. Um, and so we, um, are here to make content about, um, life as a young 20 something where we, have dreams and visions of doing something different uh, with our lives than what uh, the normal, well, I say the normal, but like what is normal, you know? What we have been taught as normal. Let's put right. it that way. Yeah, that's a good way to put that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we can go into a little bit of background um, in our lives about what we've been taught as normal mm-hmm. and what we dislike about it and how our efforts with this podcast and the van are our steps towards changing that yeah yeah so what 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 were you taught to be normal (laughs) as you were growing up your little cooper family Mm -hmm. where are you from first of all where am i from um well (laughs) i was born in rhode island but i grew up in north carolina um uh in garner north carolina um it's uh like a 20 minute drive from raleigh so that's the 
yeah. state capital of mm-hmm. North Carolina. So, um, but yeah, I grew up <laughs> in a very diverse uh, town, mm-hmm. um, and then um, when we moved to Rhode Island, I was in the middle of high school, and um, there's I wanted to unofficially say there's a total of 20 black people in the state of Rhode Island. <laughs> um, that's probably that's false, so but it's tough. like, it's that, it, that's what it feels you like. You met a total of 20 black people. No, I met a total of like four. Oof. <laughs> Does um, that count your family? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, but I, I mean, with, with Instagram that I was just talking about, um, mm. like from most of my friends from, um, both from when I went to high school in North Carolina and in Rhode Island, I saw a lot of them um, graduating, getting yeah. their their bachelor's degree. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's crazy. <laughs> I'm in college, and you know I'm I'm 21, about to be 22 next mm-hmm. month. A month from yesterday. Your birthday is happening again. God willing. <laughs> <laughs> um, Let's hope I don't forget it. Oh gosh. No, if you forget, I'll be like, I will get dressed up on that evening and <laughs> say, we're going to oh this God. restaurant. I'm dead. It's my birthday, remember? And you're paying for it. Yeah. I'll make sure you remember. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, seeing on Instagram, like all the, my old um, acquaintances in school and some mm-hmm. friends and things, like graduating college with their bachelor's degree yeah. is like, wow, that. I can't believe, you know, like being out of school, because I, I got my associate's degree and I went to um, a community college. Um, so I've been out of school for two years now, I guess, maybe two and a half. Um, and seeing like the people that are my age mm-hmm. getting a bachelor's degree. It's or trippy. like, yeah, it's, it's really weird. It's like, oh, wow. I didn't realize um, it's a strange feeling of if I was still doing right. that, that's where I would be. Or it's like, mm-hmm. you know, like when you graduate high school, graduate college, you have a baby, get married mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, and like, those are, I feel like they're kind of timestamps or markers yeah. of a progression of, of adulthood or success or something like that. Mm-hmm. And seeing like that success um, mm-hmm. marketed there as um graduating college graduating mm-hmm. a four-year university and stuff like that and right. some people a couple of my friends even are going on to get their master's degree and they're uh, like continuing what? to go oh my God. um and it's it was it kind of made me think um like that's not at all what i wanted mm-hmm. for myself um so i i don't feel any like oh that could have been me if i just had more money or if more drive well, but whatever, how but. do you how do you balance the feeling of where you're at in life now and the feeling of, wow, that could have been me? Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Because, like, now I'm married. Mm-hmm. Um, Which a number of your other competitors in life, I guess you could say. Competitors. <laughs> have not achieved that. Yeah. They've achieved different milestones in life. Mm-hmm. But they haven't achieved marriage. Yeah. But it just goes to show, like, a different life path. Mm-hmm. And especially as a young 20 um, individual, mm-hmm. it's it's very, it's weird to, like, you know, there there's a very different lifestyle between, like, 20s, yes. just getting out of college, um, partying if you want to, or you're, like, <laughs> independent, or you date yeah. around, or you just date somebody mm-hmm. or whatever. And then, like, being uh, young 20, mm-hmm. and you're married. And I even know some some of my old friends who are 
20 and they have a kid or two Yeesh. and they're married and that's crazy Yeesh. or not even but um yeah that, that was um you did not ask that question you asked me <laughs> i started with where you're from and we're here now well I, that's because i had this in my head before you asked the question so i wanted to say it um <laughs> that's fair. That's but fair. i guess where from where i'm from and when it comes to my family and like the model that i saw mm-hmm. of um of what it means to what was your question grow i guess um is uh what is the expected norm i was i was gonna ask like what what sort of (coughs) what sort of life pattern were you exposed to and subliminally i mispronounced that subliminally (laughs) um taught to model Mm. in your own life what sort of life pattern or structure procedure of events i suppose you could say like what sort of structure um did you grow up feeling like was expected Mm -hmm. and how does that compare to where you are now that's a very good question thank you (laughs) um well both my parents went to college Mm -hmm. my mom got her master's degree my dad I want to say he got his bachelor's. Um, yeah. And so... I think he did. Yeah. He said he's on the 13-year plan. It took him 13 years to get his bachelor's Get out of here. Uh-uh. Uh, you were right. That's <laughs> University so tough. of Rhode Island. <laughs> um, but he did it. Anyway. Yes. <laughs> so, um, uh, so, yeah. So, that both of them modeling, you know, um, educated right. black... <laughs> Black educated, um, black educated Americans, which African Americans. We are not to derail you too much, but we are going to talk about that at some point because definitely uh, being educated and black in America has given you a very unique experience mm-hmm. of an African American lifestyle that I want to ask you about in the future. But yeah. anyway, so your parents, <laughs> um, both educated, mm-hmm. um, they public schooled me and my mm-hmm. sister. Um, me and Ava, and um, yeah, I feel like they never, they never explicitly said. So right. this is what you're gonna do. You're gonna go to college. You're gonna do this. It's never explicit, is it? No, but it was kind of implied, mm-hmm. um, and especially since both of my parents, like <clears throat> neither of them, like dropped out of school or right. like didn't finish. Like they finished, mm-hmm. and as the example with my dad, like it took him right. 13 years to play <laughs> homeboy finish the thing. He did, and um, homeboy. <laughs> <laughs> And, um, so yeah, he, is a homeboy. he is a homeboy. Well, okay. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> who's homeboy? That's a question. Mm. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, as we went through school, um, I, and I feel like, like grade school, you're in it until you're not like, it's yeah. sort of like you put your head down you just have to just plow through mm. especially public school Gosh. um which reagan cannot relate to because he was homeschooled but he will get to that in a little bit um so yeah they um didn't i didn't get much of okay this is what your life should look like or this is kind of mm. um i mean i did play sports in school right. um at, at middle school and high school age so there was like that's kind of when things started opening up, like, 
college do you want to play basketball like do you if you really want to do this then mm -hmm. this would be a door for you to go through and like a scholarship right. and everything um and my parents never had like money money right. um um but like i feel like in the middle of high school was when college started to be like a um if well, you, people start talking about it a lot more like so what are yeah. you gonna do at the end of your senior year exactly and then you're just watching high school musical three over and over again oh and trying God. to figure out like what the heck you're gonna do um <laughs> did, did you let high school musical direct your life oh no definitely not um i felt Good. like chad um on the inside and his his hair was my uh, my <laughs> dream um but uh, I, I definitely resonated with high school musical three mm. um and i feel like most of the kids um, who grew up watching High School Musical, like, when you surpass the age that everybody is in at yeah. the last movie, oh, you're like, this is when I have grown up. <laughs> because you can no longer be like, High School Musical 3, oh my gosh, like, so Troy's scream song will be me in two years. But, like, when you, like, look back and be like, High School's it over. It should have been me. <laughs> it's, and it's, it's done. It's like, okay, I've... Um, I'm older now. Let me let me pause you for a second yeah. um, to add in this little tidbit. <clears throat> we talked about me not having watched Lion King, okay. and I think the first episode, first or second. Well, I never watched the High School Musical movies either. He's never watched anything. And I get you are incorrect. <laughs> I have watched things. Okay, yeah, I watched The Lord of the Rings, oh. and you didn't. Okay, so well, I was scared. Me. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, so I had never watched the High School Musical movies, but I had been blessed with the opportunity to hear the songs and see everybody around me singing and dancing ridiculous songs. Um, and I was like, what is, this is not, this is not interesting. This is not cool. Um, so Ciara had to educate me with, uh, High School Musical 3 first. Sorry, it's the best one in my opinion. And then we just recently tried to watch high school musical 2 no that was a train wreck we did not get through that and i don't think i'd have even watched high school musical 1 i feel like we did <clears throat> you know, know what you know i think we did i think we did um yeah. but my hot take on high school musical that nobody asked for is that <laughs> it's a bad story well <laughs> it's a bad story <clears throat> bad character development bad plot and the only thing holding it together is catchy tunes well, if you think about it in like the mind of a twelve-year-old, it's amazing. Troy is the most attractive man I you've ever 23 seen. Twenty-three years old. <laughs> I am not thinking about it from the mind of a twelve-year-old. I'm oh, so sorry. Goodness. If you want my opinion on it, I know you didn't ask. Sorry, listener. My opinion. It's a bad story. Anyway. Well, I will say, watching it again as like an adult, there most of it is just the nostalgia. And if you yeah. if you're like Reagan and That's never had that, I don't have the nostalgia. Then there's not a lot to there. Nostalgia is like rose-colored glasses. I agree. Okay, yeah. So High School Musical is we're done talking about it now okay. because That's, I don't want to crush any more hearts. Enough time um, uh, in our little podcast. But anyway, so in the last half of high school, you're sitting there like watching High School Musical three, <laughs> um, being yeah. like, "This will be me," and then like you're 18 years old you graduated from high school I was like what am i actually doing yeah well the the biggest thing about high school musical three <laughs> <laughs> We're still talking that, about. that i um resonated with was like Dang. troy's like he couldn't decide what to do he's mm -hmm. like do i play basketball and please everybody or do i you know be closer to my girl yeah. because she's smart and whatever and like <laughs> i want to be and but just like the two i feel like there's always like like 
you have to choose like moral for me a moral moral choice yeah for me it was i wanted to take a gap year but in rhode island at the time um i couldn't if if i wanted to have free college <laughs> at the community college for two years True. i could not take a gap year True. And I was like, I just got out of 12 years of school. I'm taking a freaking gap year, and it's going to be worth it. And, and my mom was like, no, you're not. So, um, But I got free school. But anyway, um, yeah, that was kind of the the progression of it. But for mm-hmm. me, um, my sister is a year and a half older than me. Mm-hmm. And I always thought that she would go first in things and be right. like ahead of me and stuff um, so that I could see, okay, whatever she does, I'll just follow that mm-hmm. and like – you know, I feel like when you're a younger sibling and then you see mm-hmm. your older siblings do stuff and then, like, how your family reacts to those things, you kind of know, like, what you're going to do next and stuff. Um, and that didn't quite happen. Um, so my parents pretty much leaned on the, um, you know, like, do whatever you want to do. You're smart. You're capable. Um, and uh, whatever you decide to do will support you. Um I bet they did not <laughs> think it would go this far, but yeah. No, they're was, still supporting you. They are. They are. Okay, yeah. that's my story. Wait, what, huh? Uh, I answered the question. Kind okay. of. Okay. Um, I, I want you to talk now. I feel like I've been talking too much. Well, yeah, because I'm interviewing you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, well, so I wanted to, to, to turn this towards the direction of the topic of today um, and say what made you start thinking that your life was meant for something different and that you were meant for a different kind of life than the one that you saw a lot of people going towards you Mm. saw your parents go towards the sort of life that makes you buy a van and (laughs) get rid of half your clothes and um start an online business Mm. you know what what sort of when was that turning point for you? <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> um, well, let's hear it. <laughs> well, I've I've never quite known what I wanted to do, so that was mm. that was one thing. Um, out of pretty much out of high school or like leading up to like graduating high school, I was kind of nervous because I'm like, oh crap, I don't know like what I'm gonna do next. And then when I was in um, community college for two years. I just did general studies because I also Mm -hmm. didn't know what I was going to do. And then after finishing that, um, I I think I knew that I didn't want to waste money continuing to go Mm -hmm. to school if I didn't know like what I wanted to study or for a while like I wanted to do psychology but then I didn't know like what I wanted to do with that after Mm -hmm. so I think it was a continually continuously uh, asking (laughs) myself the question like what do I want to do or like if this is intriguing to me how am I going to use it Mm -hmm. um because I I I think I was afraid of like wasting time or wasting money or just like wasting um, and like school is hard anyway. It is. And so like I had seen, you know, like friends who are older than me go through school and then mm-hmm. already like getting my associate's degree, um, going through two years of school, I already knew like, okay, do I want to continue right. two more years of mm-hmm. like the same concentrated, like right. this, you know, like trying to work for a grade, trying to do, um, mm-hmm. and I'm the type of person like 
the way my mind works is like if I cannot see the fruit of what I'm doing in this current moment, mm-hmm. it is nearly impossible for me to keep going. Yeah. And like if I don't see that this is valuable, mm-hmm. um, and this even has bled into like my work and like yeah. working retail. Yeah. Like yeah. if I do not see the value of mm-hmm. selling this person this shirt, <laughs> I cannot like everything kind of breaks yeah, down I in really my mind. I think that color <laughs> looks really good on you. Maybe you should try this other color and this other style as well. Exactly. Like I can't. Like it's really hard to be like this. I'm making a difference because this one customer is going to become a member at REI and <laughs> they will go on to hike trails around the world while I am just ringing up customers. Like, I can't. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> and it's it's just... Anyway, yeah. so that mindset was also in education for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and since I didn't have a passion for that and since I was kind of like, oh, I don't really know what I want to do, I didn't want to force myself into something just right. because that's what everybody else was doing. Mm-hmm. Um and I had I had this little dream to live in a tiny home. Mm-hmm. I wanted to live in a tiny home. I wanted to be by myself, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, away from people. And <laughs> um, I I loved like wearing the same things all the time. Oh and I yeah. loved having like Forever my that. seven pack of white t-shirts <laughs> that I would just wear all the time. The and same pair of sweatpants. Yes, and just like the minimal um, mindset of mm-hmm. I don't need too much, but like. So, so that my focus isn't on a bunch of small things, yeah. but, like, if I can weed out those things, like clothes, for example, like, mm-hmm. if I can have five shirts that I wear, and then I don't think about it so that mm-hmm. more of my energy and my thought can go into something that I really actually enjoy. Yeah. And at the time, I was like, you know, whenever I find that thing that I really enjoy. Yeah. Um, so, to answer your question, I think those, like, those ideas mm-hmm. of what have formed this like mm-hmm. van life different living yeah um like mindset like those mm-hmm. small ideas um i already had mm-hmm. um and i just didn't really know like where they would fit yeah but i knew that i wanted to do something with purpose and something that made mm-hmm. me actually like want to wake up and do it yeah um and i knew that i i didn't want to live mm-hmm. um I didn't want to keep walking in a direction just because yeah. everybody else was, especially getting out of high school and a couple of years of college. It's like, mm-hmm. you kind of have to, yeah. you know, like high school is like, even if you don't really want to do it, like, yeah, you could you drop out, but like, yeah. you got to keep going until you're finally done. Um, right. And so sort of breaking free of those mm-hmm. gates, um, like felt well, like yeah. I could, um, now I can kind of actually mm-hmm. think and choose like, mm-hmm. what do I want to do with, this life which well, is then, cool then you did work a few you know probably half a dozen different between that time and this time mm-hmm. you probably worked like half a dozen different odd jobs mostly oh, just yeah. like retail um food service i work at chick um and then i'm imagining i imagine that through those experiences you start to, it starts to kind of shape your idea of like okay this is not what i want to do <laughs> yeah uh, yeah this is not what i'm passionate about um and uh and then working at serve yeah um, i love that job oh my gosh my rhode island listeners serve it's an odd job <clears throat> service mm-hmm. and like it's like you do painting landscaping mm-hmm. moving that was my favorite job i still yeah. have the shirt like <laughs> it was it's just like so cool um mm-hmm. and i would love to work for serve again um but like doing that work mm-hmm. like you would go to somebody's house and be like hey i just i got assigned here because you need help moving mulch or you need right. help like doing this 
um, like, ripping, me and this dude ripped out somebody's tree. It was a full, like, <laughs> tree that was, like, sitting there for 20 years. And we, am I too close? A little bit. Sorry. <laughs> and we, like, ripped it out. We uprooted it from the ground and, like, cut it up. And it was That's so cool. Really cool. And, like, just doing work, like, for me, I find purpose when I can work with my hands and mm-hmm. when I can, like, I know that I, I'm actually doing something and seeing it um right. like this matters to this person mm-hmm. this makes me happy mm-hmm. i'm doing all like the physical labor that i can mm-hmm. to make a difference and it's not like you're making a difference because you're going through like this person this person this cash register the corporate right. thing and then like you know you're making the one percent of a difference or whatever <laughs> but like i could feel like yeah. you know shaking somebody's hand yeah. sitting on the porch while we're drinking water talking mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. what we want to do to the yard next or whatever right. it's such a it's really empowering for me and very encouraging mm-hmm. and that job served that i worked for it was like yeah that also like was a spark for yeah um for like the thinking of i don't know what i'm gonna do Mm -hmm. like what i want my career to be but i know that i want it to be like Mm hands-on helping people um like in the form of manual labor that is Mm -hmm. like um joyous and not not like i'm working construction for a city but it's (laughs) bless you I was going to say, I was going to bring that up because there's, there's hands-on work and there's hands-on work. Mm-hmm. Like if you just use the term hands-on work, like there's going to be some boomer out there who's like, oh, well just like go work an electrician job. Well, like plumbers make a lot of money. Like go be a plumber. Like it's a different situation. You mm-hmm. don't connect to people in that way. Mm-hmm. The cool thing about serve is that like the, the people you were helping, they didn't pay you. Right, you weren't like an independent contractor to the individual neighbors. No, I was an independent contractor through the serve. Right, but um, and they would tip us sometimes. But they yeah. would, and they might tip you. Yeah, but they weren't like calling you, paying for you for your time. No. They weren't doing any of that. It was more like serve was an organization that used used labor mm-hmm. and uh, did the coordination yeah, with they, the neighbors yeah. so that, um, they could get the work, mm-hmm. the work done. And so it's, it's more like a service centered effort instead of a b- pure business deal. Yeah. And it was very nice because then you like walk up and get their name, you get mm-hmm. to talk and this one. They're happy to see you because yeah. they're not paying you $800 to f- screw around in your exactly. house. Exactly. While they like go inside and read a book. Exactly. Like they're in most of the, it was like a, 20 something kids or like and then and then we get to work with Mm -hmm. other people and Mm -hmm. learn their stories and like ask Mm -hmm. you know is you can make cool friends and stuff um so serve is a great job maybe we should link it (laughs) (laughs) because there's a huge difference between like that it makes a difference when you want to be there and they want you to be there versus when they don't care about you and you don't want to be there yeah and you can feel that you can feel that it can it makes a whole world of difference in the customer service Mm -hmm. aspect of any job um i've seen that in in my retail jobs seen that in my coffee jobs Mm -hmm. um where if they want to be there and you want to be there it like is a wonderful experience yeah if nobody wants to be there it sucks yeah it just drains the life out of you Mm -hmm. and i do want to say um since i found that out um about like what gives me life working and then Mm -hmm. having had a history of like you know working retail or Mm -hmm. mainstream jobs or whatever in the like i felt 
dead and that mm-hmm. I didn't want to work those jobs. And I also had like, I went to a camp called work camp and we did a lot of mm-hmm. construction like mm-hmm. stuff for people who couldn't afford to like right. have their roof done. And then uh-huh. we at the camp would go and do it for them. And um, like, so I, I had experience with like doing more work right. that was kind of like serve like, uh-huh. um, and being a young woman who really enjoys sure. that uh-huh. was like I very mm. hard to come by and mm. then hard to relate to because mm. most of the like at serve all the guys like all everybody that I worked with were guys right. except for the first day I worked with one woman and she was she was the mom I don't know um but it's <laughs> funny um moms can get it too happy mother's day um that's <laughs> 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 tomorrow crap mother's day's tomorrow oh, tomorrow yeah I should call my mom oh, yeah me too I um, not <laughs> anything we saw her the other day yeah but you know Seeing someone a couple of days ago isn't the same as actually like sending a letter or something. Yeah, that's true. Well, you can send her something, um, a call, a voicemail. Um, call your mom. Wish her happy Mother's Day. And if you're watching this, listening to this after Mother's Day, give her a call anyway and say that you love her. She will probably really like to hear from you. She will. I guarantee it. Unless. Well, there are always extenuating circumstances that I don't want to ignore. Anyway. That's very true. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. that um, I want you to continue. Do you want me to ask these questions back to you? Um, not exactly. I just want to... Um, I mean, if you want to, you can. My last question is, is going to be, how does like all this talking about your... Um, like what you s- sort of saw as the model... Uh, what you experienced in school and then in your early work years, um, how does that turn into you wanting to be more entrepreneurial with your time and uh, work more remote online jobs, like using knitting to make money? Like, how does that how does that translate into what we're trying to do right now? Well, I do want to say that it's scary um, because working jobs that are already set up mm-hmm. or even that are new mm-hmm. but they're already there is like all you have to do is apply either get you know get hired or not um mm-hmm. and then like everybody like you're just there to work and right. somebody else can figure out all the logistics and that's kind of the case at almost every level yeah um so i think this this uh start on the knitting thing and like doing the whole entrepreneur stuff mm-hmm. Really, uh, you gave me the, the idea. I did, um, didn't I? Because you were starting to do it and trying to do I it. Um, I never had the desire. I yeah. made fun of TikTok <laughs> kids. I'm like, they're so stupid. You're freaking 14 years old making more money than a nurse. Like, how? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and then, like, I remember mm. my dad was like, well, they're just utilizing, you know, the stuff that Dang. they've got. And um, I, I'm an advocate of, like, the old school things or whatever. Like, if you mm-hmm. have a body, do what you can. Well, not in the the way that wait, that wait, sounds wait, really... Wait, 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 What? No, what is this I old don't... school thing? Oh, I... Like... Okay, so this is what how I used to think. Is this an old school black thing? Because I never heard of that. No. Well, I don't know. Maybe. Actually, it might be. I don't know. Okay. Um, But it's, you know, just like, if you are able uh-huh. to wake up and go to work, that's what you do. Or if you, if I've you, literally never heard that rationale before. If you are like physically uh-huh. able to, um, I don't know, like to to work 
yourself work with your hands mm-hmm. and like do as much as you personally can do then do that so you can save as much as you can provide and whatever that's probably mm-hmm. out of the poverty mindset honestly i was gonna say that sounds very poverty mindset yeah um but for a while i was like um i i was in denial that like you know as as uh, technology and social media and stuff is mm-hmm. like coming up and like right. you can now make money online mm-hmm. um, doing things that isn't just like like an online job now is more than a desk job right um, than and, a desk job at home yeah and it's like you can you can do so much more like mm-hmm. entrepreneurs and everything mm-hmm. um, and I used to think that that was stupid or lazy or something right probably because I didn't know and also probably uh-huh. because nobody that I knew had done it before yeah. and I had no understanding of yeah. like my parents you know was like oh we just work from the ground and we done like came up from like we did this <laughs> yes really just like I brought myself here and oh my God, God. Uh, helped me to get here and whatever. that is an old school black mindset ain't it? yeah well, and yeah <laughs> I say old school black mindset <laughs> I think that's an old school black mindset. It's probably more just an old school person mindset. Yeah. Of like, I worked 20 hours a day. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I eat peanut butter jelly sandwiches for lunch every day. Yeah. What's your excuse? Yeah, and that's how I felt. I, I, I can't quite remember... If that was what my parents instilled, mm-hmm. or if that's like what I saw, mm-hmm. or what I internalized somehow, but I always like mm-hmm. I took pride in myself about like the fact that I was a young woman yeah. who liked doing hard labor yeah. work, and like not many do mm-hmm. or whatever, um, or at least not that I yeah. I feel like many do, but I I weren't I was not like they weren't around me, so <laughs> I felt like I was like one of the only people. Um, well, in the Northeast area, yeah, it's not, not very common. Um, but the, so then I felt like I need to work as hard as I possibly can, mm-hmm. especially when you like don't know. Like for me, I was single up until the the point that I met Reagan and, and we dated mm-hmm. and got married. So like I never had a boyfriend. I never had anybody mm-hmm. else sort of like in my mind to um, like work or provide for this person or yeah. like it was hard for me to see a family mm-hmm. because I was, I was hoping, you know, like eventually I'd have one or something, mm-hmm. but it was more like I need to work for myself or save a little bit for myself or like right. do as much as I can as an individual. Um, and I don't remember where I was going with that. That's tough. Yeah, it's kind of dark. Oh, I was saying what? the, like the mindset that I used to have, but like okay. the um, entrepreneurs, because you're asking yes. how I, uh, this mindset. Mm-hmm. But um, when, uh, when you brought up like making an income online, I yeah, because I like when like retail was not working out and mm-hmm. I could not find another job like mm-hmm. serve after I moved out of Rhode Island, mm-hmm. I was like, what am I gonna do? Right. I like I couldn't find a job that I actually enjoyed working. Yeah. And so since in my mind, I couldn't like, mm-hmm. it's really hard for me to be faithful at a job if I mm-hmm. like did not feel um, like I was, not that I wasn't valued, but, but just that like 
my work wasn't making any type mm-hmm. of a difference and I don't know like what kind of roadblock it is in my mind and I honestly am really annoyed with it because <laughs> I just want to be like Ciara just shut up work this retail job right. because it pays the bills mm-hmm. and just keep going but it's people like, like that frustrate the heck out of me because I'm like I I'm almost jealous mm-hmm. of the way you can show up do your time and leave you complain about it a little bit but like you never change anything about it yeah I would hate i always hate like being in a job just because it pays a bill Mm. um i need more i need more and and i've i've honestly guilted myself Mm. a a lot um and i don't think that's right for me to do yeah um to guilt myself for for wanting more out of life for wanting more out of a job yeah and that's me too, and that's mm-hmm. what I was feeling too. Um, and so when, like now we're married, mm-hmm. and um, I got in a really bad car accident mm-hmm. in February um, because of the ice down in Texas. Um, they don't salt the roads or anything like that, really. So I was on a bridge, and then the car crashed because of the ice. But um, so I didn't. I wasn't able to make it to my job, mm-hmm. which was a retail job that I had at the time mm-hmm. um, that I was already. Like, I have been hit the roadblock of, like, I cannot You're already considering putting in your two weeks. Yeah. Um, And, you know, even with, like, the in the back of my head, my dad's like, well, don't leave till you have another job lined up and everything. Mm -hmm. And, like, that mindset of you got to keep going as long as, and if you don't, Mm -hmm. like, want to continue, at least have another one. Right. Um, And so then when I'm sitting here, like, what am I supposed to do? Then Reagan was Mm -hmm. saying, like, um... there's the avenue of entrepreneurship and working online and everything online entrepreneurship yeah and that like sort of opened up a whole new like world for me because i think i either was uneducated about it or Mm -hmm. totally forgot (laughs) that there's you can work online well the thing about online entrepreneurship is that nobody really thinks about it it's happening every day and Mm -hmm. they i guarantee you if you buy if you've bought a single thing on amazon you're supporting someone's online entrepreneurship yeah goal their their vision mm-hmm. like someone is doing that someone is setting that up um if you ever bought anything on etsy same exact thing yeah, if you ever bought anything on redbubble same exact <laughs> thing um if you've ever bought any artists like merch like music artist merch mm-hmm. same exact thing um if you go to a local coffee shop someone started that it's right. just you don't think about that. All if you're thinking you like, about is like a YouTube video or subscribe. Right, or right. Like that. The, all the the like our listener base is mostly twenty something year olds. I there's something that hits different about a good YouTube video when you like find it as you just prepare a plate of food. You're gonna sit <laughs> down, watch this video, eat this meal. It just it's like adding special magic salt to your food. It just tastes better. Yeah. And hits different when you're watching a YouTube video. Watching that video is supporting somebody's online entrepreneurship dream. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's happening. It's just nobody really notices it. Yeah. So I sort you sort of, you realize that that was happening and you're like, wait a second. What if I took advantage of this? What if I did this? Mm-hmm. And that's scary for me because mm-hmm. I've always thought in the avenue of like, tangible physical drive to work or do something and like so like thinking about um not like uh, for an entrepreneurship or like trying to be an entrepreneur Uh 
starting out, like when you want to start your little business or um, start YouTube or whatever, like you got to do a bunch of small things you to do. then accumulate to mm-hmm. um, like even like a portion of what you used to right. get at your um, your your job mm-hmm. where you you know you had a, a consistent check, mm-hmm. and so like, but then I feel like then it's it's like just you mm-hmm. and like am I going to be enough to make this paycheck or like am I going to be is my content mm-hmm. my website my podcast my videos my art going to be like mm-hmm. enough for people to like and mm-hmm. then so I can support myself it's mm-hmm. like a completely different it's like a whole mind shift um mm-hmm. that is is really weird and then like saying that to be like you know my parents are like hey have you found a job yet I'm like oh well um well I'm kind of looking kind of a little bit <laughs> I'm actually starting something new but I don't know if it's gonna work out and I, right. I'm scared I'm gonna be broke for the next four months um mm-hmm. it's 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 just very different also here's here's something I've learned about that in my time of perusing mm-hmm. uh business books and YouTube videos um mm-hmm. so uh, here, here's the way I see that right if you like, say you're working for Chick-fil-A. Mm-hmm. I've had a lot of friends that work for Chick-fil-A. Decently hour paid. Mm-hmm. Decently good hour pay. Um, and if you, you know, keep your cost of living low, um, you could you could survive uh, working for Chick-fil-A. Um, if you stay there for a little while, you get bonuses. Uh, you can make a little bit more. Um, you can go up the ranks a little bit, get a manager position, um, and then maybe even, like, become a store owner right mm-hmm. ultimately there is a cap to how high you can get to how how much money you can make um working for chick-fil-a uh as an example um and that goes for like almost any established job like whether it be manufacturing like i worked or it be retail or food service like at the end of the day if you stick with the one company like a lot of older generations, a.k.a. our parents, mm-hmm. communicate like, oh, yeah, stick with one company and be company loyal and, mm-hmm. like, get that 401k and get that health benefit package and stuff mm-hmm. like that. If you stay with that one company, there's only so far you can go with your life. It's only so high you can go in the salary growth. It's only so high you can go in the development of your own self. And you're dedicating years and years of your life to an organization or a company or a group of people that you don't even value mm-hmm. you don't even share their value and their vision in life you know even if you do get lucky and you find a a restaurant or a, a company um or whatever it might be that that has similar values to you like mm-hmm you're still like like that's not your family mm-hmm. it becomes your family it becomes your work family right and and that's that's why i that's a big that was a big thing for me when i started realizing i'm spending so many hours of my life around these people that i don't even like that much mm-hmm. like who am i becoming as a person right so that's an option that's the option that we tend to go for and we tend to go for it because in two weeks you can get a fat check yeah Especially if you work a job like like a manufacturing job where you um, find a good um, hard labor job mm-hmm. or something like that, construction, for example, like, yeah, you can do that. And you can get a fat check in a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it's almost instant gratification, right? Yeah. 
if you want to go for the more entrepreneurial route, um, and I know that there's there's bad apples out there that that use the word entrepreneur to like be some sort of a sleaze bag business guy, and that's mm-hmm. that's the that's the negative uh, influence that that I see. That's the negatives of 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 why I hesitate sometimes to to mm-hmm. go into this. But if you have the balls to start your own business, if you have the balls to step out and try to do something um, creative on your own, whether it be create content, whether it be um, involve yourself in the business marketing system, whatever it may be, like if you're willing to step into that, take that risk, invest in yourself as a person, um, what I see people doing is entering into a, a, a job field where they can be in charge of how high they can go. Mm. There's no cap, practically, to the the income you can earn. And if you earn a lot of income, you don't even have to be spending that much time, mm. you know, your 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 value is not relegated to another company saying you are worth x dollars per hour right um because that's 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 what i have seen um a lot of uh, that's the way i see it with a lot of companies like i'm basically like for example when i was working for john deere right i'm working for john deere i'm a. this was for all the listeners um this was like how long ago was this 2021 it's a couple years ago um i got a job at john deere my good friend ben uh shout out to ben he probably listening to this <laughs> love you dude love you dude um <clears throat> he got me a job there he still works there um but like i was making 14 dollars an hour mm. working eight hours a day sometimes 10 hours a day manufacturing line i'm good at what i do uh, i was really good at it actually so good that when I started talking about leaving, like, upper management was coming down to my station and like, hey, so I heard you were, like, looking for interviews and I just want to say you're a great worker and we really value you and we, like, really <laughs> think you could do well here in this company long term, you know? <laughs> um, so I'm getting $14 an hour, right? There comes a time to, uh, to, to, to take a test, really, um, <clears throat> so I can no longer be, like, a contingent, like, contracted worker, and I'm actually, I can actually become a John Deere official worker, and I would get a, a couple dollar raise, mm-hmm. so I'd be making $16 an hour, and I took the test. I found out later that they just forgot to include my, like, look at my test, but, um, so I took the test, and, uh, I answered honestly. Mm-hmm. On all the questions, I didn't. I didn't suck up to the company. I didn't tell them like, "Oh, well, I just really love the color John Deere green," and like, I just really love building tractors and mowers and stuff like that. You know, <laughs> I'm just really, really passionate about developing the cause of John Deere. You know, you know, I wasn't like that. I, I, I at that time, I wanted to be an artist. I, I wanted to to pursue that more. And so I answered honestly, and uh, I didn't get a position. Mm-hmm. I didn't get that upgrade. I didn't get that. Um, that, that, that introduction to the company, um, which would have been a a $2 extra raise and, and then some, some benefits and some stuff like that. And, 
And the thing is, even if I had gotten that, I would have been doing the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. The exact same thing. But they decided to give me $2 extra more per hour. And so I just saw that as a, as a ridiculous fallacy of like, wow, why would I go to John Deere and basically get on my knees and beg them like, hey, please value my time at more dollars per hour. You know, please train me in these skills so that I will be more valuable. I basically saw it as going to the company and counting on them to give me value. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm, I wasn't about it. I'm, I don't, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. I'm not going to do that. Um, and I, I refuse to go to uh, essentially be going to companies and saying, hey, um, do you value me? You know, in online business and e-commerce and entrepreneurship, I see an opportunity for me to define my own value, Mm -hmm. for me to say, hey, I am this valuable and I am going to reflect that um, in the things that I do. Um, And that's purely what entrepreneurship is. Entrepreneurship is not like putting the word entrepreneur in your bio. Entrepreneurship is not posting about Bugattis on your Instagram. (laughs) Entrepreneurship is not talking about grind set and hustle and waking up at 5 a.m. every morning and taking cold showers and reading millionaires' books. And um, Entrepreneurship is not um, talking about how hard you work uh, to get money and then begging everybody to buy your course. Um, Entrepreneurship is elevating the value of something that may not have been valuable before, but now is. Mm-hmm. Entrepreneurship is answering the the call when, when some people have a need and they don't have the resource. And you see the need and you see somebody else has the resource and connecting the resource to the need, that's entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. Um, seeing that there's a demand and then doing what you can to meet that supply, uh, to provide supply to that demand, that's entrepreneurship. And what I've learned from reading some books and from um, um, watching watching YouTube videos about entrepreneurship, what I'm seeing is that the value of time is not uh, doesn't have to be something that another entity decides. Mm-hmm. It can be something that I decide, and it can be something that I create. Um, that's something that really drew me to uh, painting mm-hmm. in the first place. And um, I'll say, like, as far as my background, um, yeah. uh, being homeschooled uh, through high school, um, I mean, I was taught to work hard, did a lot of chores around the house, you know. I'd call myself a hard worker. Um, I'm not afraid of manual labor, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll go d- dig in the dirt. I honestly would rather dig in the dirt than do something sometimes. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love I love that stuff. I love cutting down trees and clearing brush and stuff like that. Um, you know, I, I, I uh, didn't do su- super good in school. Uh, being homeschooled is the reason why I graduated high school. Um, I really don't know if I would have done so well in public high school. Um, I don't know if I have a learning disability. I never got dis- diagnosed with anything. Um, I would be interested to see if I could be diagnosed or if I would be diagnosed with adult ADHD. I've been thinking about that lately. Um, 
because I don't do super well with like type A school established rhythms and structures. Um, and that started really showing itself in, in school when I started taking community college classes um, and stuff like that. But uh, in community college, I took an art appreciation class. Did I tell you about this, mm-hmm. Sierra? Yeah. Yeah. I took an art appreciation class, and um, it really opened my eyes to the value of art, um, the importance of it, and how much I love it. And I started painting. Um, I started painting abstract expressionism um and i love it i still do that and that's that's one of the bases that i want to build my online business around um and one of the things that drew me to it was the fact that like objectively some of these paintings out there may not be worth that much money Mm. but because a person (coughs) with this name who has this much experience did it it's worth millions Mm. It, it seeing abstract art and seeing it in f- as for sale um, opened my eyes to a uh, sort of like for industry. It mm-hmm. opened my eyes to an industry where value was not p- relegated mm-hmm. to an objective dollar per hour mm-hmm. time frame. Um, like um, an Andy Warhol. For example, like how long does it take him to paint one of his paintings, right? It might take him some time to like cook up the idea in his head and like actually paint it. But if he sells it for some millions of dollars, like he's, <laughs> and, then you, and then you like break out those numbers for a dollar per hour, it totally varies painting by painting. Mm-hmm. And it totally is not like, it's not something you can like build up or work towards right is uh, you can do certain things to get your name out there but like it's not necessarily the same like incremental increase of value um same with like um what am i with, what am i trying to say um what's his face not picasso what's his name it's the one that like slings paint around old school like 40, 50. Pollock. Pollock. Jackson Pollock. <laughs> exactly. Jackson Pollock used house paint. He'd lay out a massive canvas. And admittedly, like, big canvases are expensive. Mm-hmm. But, like, if you buy a, a $2,000 canvas, get $100 in paint, mm. sling it around, and it goes for a million dollars? Like, talk about the increase in value. It's just such as, and it was such as, like, it's objective, but it's also subjective. And that learning about that and learning to appreciate that kind of thing opened my eyes to, like I said, an industry mm-hmm. that doesn't purely base value on the number of hours that I've worked and how my, valuable my time is. So take that concept and apply it to um, where we are today, right? we're sick and tired of working regular Joe Blow jobs. We're sick and tired of uh, looking for validation Mm -hmm. from companies. Mm -hmm. We're sick and tired of honestly barely scraping by while looking for validation from the companies and feeling slighted by every single one because they're like, oh, you're not worth more than like $15 an hour. You're not worth more than like $18 an hour. Mm -hmm. Um, I have no, I have some community college credits but they never 
culminated together to make a degree. Um, took one semester of university and then never graduated. Um, I'm a college dropout. So, like, all I really have education-wise um, is a high school diploma. Um, and so when I go to, like, get a job, <laughs> mm-hmm. it doesn't look swell for me. Uh, it's most, mostly just a lot of job experience, right? Um, CR, you said you, you've got your associate's degree, but what you're discovering as you're sh- searching for jobs is that nobody gives two flips yeah. about an associate's degree in general exactly. studies. Like, if you have that on your resume, it doesn't really mean much. Mm-hmm. Um, and so here we are, newly married, and we're like, what are we going to do with our lives? <laughs> There's only so far we can go up the chain in retail or food service. There's only so much we can do searching for validation and value from, from external companies. There's only so far we can go with that. We don't have, like, yeah, sure, we could probably try to go back to school, get some online degrees or whatever, but also, like, we want to have a, a good life balance. And I think that's the biggest motivation for us is, is having a good life work-life balance. We could work 80 hours a week, both of us, in a construction job, make bank, and hate our lives. Mm-hmm. We'd have no time for each other. We'd have no time for like potential pets or potential children if that comes along. Mm-hmm. We'd have no time to spend with ourselves, with each other, with family, with friends. There'd be no community, no time to do anything that we're passionate about. It'd just be purely work mm-hmm. for work's sake. And that is the opposite of what I want to do with my life. Yeah. So what do we do? We buy a van. <laughs> <laughs> And that's 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 uh that's kind of the full circle, of of today's topic, mm-hmm. uh, is, is um, we bought a van. That's how we are playing this out. Um, for Ciara, she started a Shopify website selling her knitting. Mm-hmm. Um, which why did you pick knitting? I picked knitting because um, it was something that I enjoy doing. Yes. Um, and yes. I briefly want to touch on something you just mm-hmm. said um about working mm-hmm. working hard and then like not feeling fulfilled at all right and that, that was mm-hmm. like a, a big drive too because like you work all day even right. if you work 35 to 40 hours a mm-hmm. week and then you come home you're exhausted right. and you can barely make ends meet barely and you can barely like you, you can pay mm-hmm. rent you can pay groceries but you're like mm-hmm. struggling to put the gas in the tank right and when you want to go you're still paycheck to paycheck yeah yeah and and then that that is like okay so then what am i doing this for like right. why am i killing myself every day why mm-hmm. do i not like this and i mm-hmm. can't even and, and you're, i'm just getting by yeah um so and that then also, we see people online working five hours a week right, right. making 30k in a month right when I make less than that in a year, yeah. I'm like, something's not uh, adding up here. There's got to be a way we can tap into this. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I picked knitting because <clears throat> I, I was trying to think of, you know, like, what could I do that could fit into the box mm-hmm. of entrepreneurship? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm, I've never really considered myself to be an artistic person. <laughs> um, the closest thing to artistic that I've kind of thought that I've enjoyed is, um, mm-hmm. is photography. Like I took mm-hmm. a lot of that in school. Um, and you know, I do, I would burn and it's kind right. of like an interesting thing and like I knit. And so like, that's kind of cool. There but. is something to be said about, even if you're an artistic person, a creative person, not trying to turn every creative outlet into a monetizable outlet. Hmm. There is something to be said about that. Cause if you try to turn everything into 
a monetized outlet, mm-hmm. you're going to lose your interest in some things. Oh my goodness. And that reminds me of something I thought about in childhood. It was like, mm-hmm. I grew up p- playing basketball mm-hmm. and my dream shattered because I wanted to be in the NBA. And then I realized that I'm a woman <laughs> and I could never be in the NBA. So, I, <laughs> um, <coughs> so WNBA would be my future if I tried mm-hmm. to do that. But And then you topped out at 5'2". And, um, uh, yeah. So five, two and a half. Five, two and a half. My bad. But I'm a point. I was a point guard. I don't play <laughs> basketball anymore. I play. I play on the street. So you know, I Ayo, can't go into street that. Street ball. Yeah. But I. I had the fear that like mm-hmm. if I did want to play professional ball, that right. it would become work mm-hmm. and it wouldn't be fun mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like the root of you know yeah. now entrepreneurship and whatever. But, um, I picked knitting because um I couldn't. Quite, like it was already something that I did that mm-hmm. I enjoyed and I I already like you know I would knit a couple things mm-hmm. or I would like knit a sweater wear mm-hmm. it around people would be like oh my goodness I love that make me one you know mm-hmm. like how much would you want and like I was already organically getting right. like the beginnings of a response mm-hmm. that I would want to have on mm-hmm. like an online website or something like that mm-hmm. and I enjoyed it it was fun and like I would just dream oh my goodness mm-hmm. I remember so many like the little jobs that I would have that would be uh-huh. stressful that I would like not like doing and mm-hmm. then I was I would be sitting there like when this shift is over I can go home <laughs> and I can just knit <laughs> I can drink a coke watch That's YouTube so and knit and like that was what I was excited for um and so you know like thinking of what would I like if I made a business, what would it be about, or what would I want to do? You know, like I, I have, I really enjoy writing poetry. I like creative writing, um, but that takes time. If like, if it I does. like, you know, I'm also working on writing a book right now. Mm-hmm. Like, that takes months, mm-hmm. if not a year or mm-hmm. a year and a half, or whatever, to like, to craft yeah. and like do before you publish it. Hopefully, and then like hopefully it gets traction. Right. Um, hopefully. Yeah. And your first book, like, there's no way. Well, you know, you could... Odds are not great. Yeah. Odds are not in your favor for your very first book to pop off. Oh, definitely not. Not to pop off. But at least for 20 people to see it and buy it, you know, you got to get a chance. But uh, yeah, so so knitting was, Mm -hmm. you know, something else, something that I um, already enjoyed doing. Mm -hmm. Um, Knitting sweaters, knitting clothing that Mm -hmm. people can wear. Um, it's unique. It's different. Mm-hmm. Um, doing with my hands, I love doing stuff that it's like I put a lot of work into this, yeah. and I can see the slow progression of it. Mm-hmm. And then when it's done, you're like, I made that, and yeah. I love the satisfaction yeah. of that. And so that was um, that was why I chose knitting. And then I'm like making this website. I'm like, Ciara, mm-hmm. what are you doing? This looks so <laughs> you're a grandma. This is such like what oh is going God. on here? I have a knitting business. Like, yeah. what the heck? Um, <laughs> so I, I definitely felt very insecure mm-hmm. because. Um, I definitely will go into it in another podcast about yeah. my upbringing and mm-hmm. how I feel like a lot of masculine ties to who I like wanted true, to be and true. whatever. Um, and then basically being like a tomboy for mm-hmm. most of my life. I'm not anymore, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool and something I'll talk about later. But mm-hmm. like, you know, knowing, knowing myself and yeah. knowing that I like to knit in, in a different time of life that mm-hmm. I would never tell anybody that would knit. Like, that would be so uncool. I would never say I'm anything dead. like, Sarah, oh, she does I'm not knit. Dead. Like, what are you talking about? I, I pump iron and That's why I was surprised drink when, Coke all day. I was surprised. <laughs> I'm, just, now that I think about it, I'm like, wait, where did this come from? It because was, when I first met you, like, you did not tell me that you're knitting. No, I would not. I would not admit. Like, I would think that that would be soft. Yeah. My mom taught me to knit when I was in sixth grade. Sixth grade. I've known how to knit 
for a while. And like I knitted a lot when I was in middle school and then I forgot about it. And then like a year and a half ago, I was on Pinterest and I was like, (laughs) it like awakened in me. And I was like, oh my gosh, I know how to knit. What am I doing? I'm going to make a sweater. (laughs) And then I just like started doing so many cool things. And like when I, um, when I knitted my first sweater and it was like a patchwork sweater, which you can see on my online shop, which I will link in the description below. Knit one shop. Mm -hmm. Check it out, guys. All (laughs) lowercase, no space. Knit one dot shop. Also, she's got a Patreon. I do. Oh, and on, on my online store, Mm -hmm. your first purchase uh, you get 10% off your first Ayo. purchase. So, uh, That's what's up. Use first 10 for 10% <laughs> off. <laughs> um, yeah, and I do have a Patreon, which mm-hmm. I'll also link. Um, is it in your website? Maybe? Yeah, it is in my website, yeah. Okay, good. good. Um, so, yeah, that, that was why I chose knitting. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's fun for me. Mm-hmm. And and it looks cool and you know i feel you know the people who want to sport something different something Mm -hmm. cool when you see like Mm -hmm. a crochet thing or like a knit sweater or whatever and you're like that's sick i like all the different colors it looks kind of handmade it looks handmade it looks cool somebody's got to make it somebody's got to make the thing so that you can look wicked cool in it and that somebody is sierra nicole shucker that's right and that's why i have my (laughs) online shop (laughs) Okay. <laughs> that's 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 what I <laughs> when it comes to abstract art, um my a lot of my f- family, my parents definitely, and a couple of my siblings uh, are always the first to like decry the ridiculous decry. That's prices. a word. That's a word. <laughs> College words coming out tonight. Um to like <laughs> We're gonna go the opposite direction. They they boo on that. Um, That's right, baby. <laughs> they uh they 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 make fun. They mock of how expensive mm. uh, abstract art can be. And they're like, I could do that. It's just like strokes on a canvas. Like I could do that. I, I well, you did you? Got him. Did you? Did Got you do it? Good. No, no, no. That's right. That's right. You did not do it. And that's belittling somebody's. That's belittling your mm-hmm. artwork and your art well, style. Well, I mean, I'm, there are people out there that would argue that, uh, literally would argue that that's not art, but that's besides the point. The point I'm making is that, did you do it? No? Okay, no. I did it. All right. You you say you could? Well, let's see you do it. And have as much passion. And have as much passion as about it. As you have. All right. Yeah. So that's, so like, I get what you're saying. Like, someone's got to do it. Mm-hmm. And if you enjoy doing it, then that's so much better because mm-hmm. then then you're you're working doing something that you enjoy. Mm-hmm. And we're not saying that we are planning to make all of our money doing like Reagan doing his no, art no, and no, me no. doing. There's my there's knitting. a lot more plans to it that we haven't even quite gotten into. Exactly, and so like I launched my knit one shop, mm-hmm. haven't gotten any sales, nope. which I did not expect to in the you know in the <laughs> week. But I'm I'm hoping that over time I yeah. get a couple or like mm-hmm. monthly maybe one at least mm-hmm. one sale. Yeah. But like that's why we're doing this podcast mm-hmm. one because it's therapeutic, and two because we can we're you know hope. Hopefully we can um, get a yeah. little bit of cash flow from it. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, we're considering doing YouTube too, mm-hmm. or like mm-hmm. doing other avenue, avenues mm-hmm. of, um, of online mm-hmm. income so that it's not, we're not just, you know, I'm not going to make my online shop right. and then like launch it, advertise for it mm-hmm. and sit back and fold my arms and like right. wait for the money to come in because, because it's not, not how it works. I'm really proud of you for realizing that. Where Thank did you, you learn that? 
Well. Or is that just logic? Um. Or did I tell you that? I don't remember. Yeah, it's a mix. Okay. I think it's a mix of mix of everything. Um, when I realized that entrepreneurship, what it is, and mm-hmm. then like when I was like making my website, mm-hmm. and like there is no way, like <laughs> the, I, because I don't already have a platform, right? Right. At you all. don't have an established platform no, at all, like at all. And even people who do, if, if you are a hole in the universe, yeah. Like there's no way I'm gonna be like, okay, guys, <laughs> net one is live. <laughs> Get your sweaters. <laughs> and I'm gonna sit back here and make. Five hundred dollars an hour. Literally, like, no. that's not no. how it. That's not how it goes. No. Um, so, and and also broadening that spectrum too, mm-hmm. and like including, it might mean that you gotta be working another hustle on the side. It might right, mean that right. you gotta work part time at a retail say, joint. I work part like. full. Shoot, I'm getting a phone call. Hang on, guys. All right, so I just got a phone call from my boy. Um, had to cut out some stuff. I don't even. I don't even remember where we were at. Honestly, the minute that your phone rang, I totally forgot what we were talking yeah. about. Yeah. So. But um, I do want to say something um, to kind of wrap it up. Um, well, I wanted to bring it up because we're religious. We are religious. We worship Jesus. Um, the Jesus in the Bible. And his teachings, we follow him, we're his disciples. Um, and I just want to put it out there that every step and every decision we've made mm-hmm. around this, buying the van, um, working online, pursuing alternative lifestyles from what we see around us, mm-hmm. um, all of that is inspired, motivated, and um um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not clarified, not directed by. <clears throat> Basically, we 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 have been seeking Jesus, uh, seeking the Holy Spirit's counsel on on everything. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> we uh, we believe that the Holy Spirit is our helper and our guide here on earth um, in everything we do. Um, and we seek the Lord for, for guidance. We, we read his word. We've, we've been, a lot of these decisions have been made through a type of fasting, mm-hmm. um, where we pray and fast for a set period of time and, um, then make it, make a decision after that. Um, so I just wanted to, to bring up that topic of, of how God is involved yeah. in this and, um, and, and, and open that for discussion, mm-hmm. um for how, how God's call in our lives is reflected by these decisions. Um, yeah. and I want to say that um, their life that um, it, it sort of adds to the mm-hmm. um, the lack of purpose in right. a job yeah. without relationship the with typical God. Job, yeah. yeah. And like without relationship um with the holy spirit mm-hmm. and um his guidance mm-hmm. um for us life feels mm-hmm. meaningless and right. even more meaningless when mm-hmm. we are spending our time doing work mm-hmm. or living a, t- a sort of life that we don't feel fulfillment in mm-hmm. um and, and 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 to that point i i just want to put the disclaimer that if the lord has called you to work a nine to five somewhere 
and that's where you find purpose and right. that's what the lord is um leading you to and that is how you are part of his kingdom then all power to you mm-hmm. good for you we need people like that mm-hmm. we are talking about our at least for me it's been a struggle coming to terms with the fact that that life is not for me yeah when that life was the only life presented to me as an option exactly you were saying <laughs> um i i was gonna say um i think i lost it but i'm sorry it's okay i derailed you no but you said something good i did um so it was good um but oh like with us living differently Mm -hmm. um living like trying to do this entrepreneur Mm -hmm. thing and like wanting to live nomadically live in a van and um, minimally and everything mm-hmm. like that since this is not only something that we mm-hmm. want to do but some like the direction that God is leading us mm-hmm. into it um, it doesn't make it any less difficult which it is doesn't. strange it like we have the comfort in knowing mm-hmm. that um, he is with us while we're doing these things and like um, you know it's it's hard and it's against it's really mm-hmm. against the grain Um but there is that comfort there that mm-hmm. we're not alone in doing it. But it's also um, mm-hmm. it, there's a challenge because right. with my family, at least, um, there's not in this situation particularly. But mm-hmm. I have experienced before when I came down here to move to Texas mm-hmm. um, with Reagan um because we did long distance for a while and right. when i was in rhode island he was mm-hmm. in north carolina and then we decided to move to austin together mm-hmm. um but my my parents accused me of not hearing the voice of god right. and that and basically because it was something different mm-hmm. and something that nobody mm-hmm. in our family had done before and something right. that my parents didn't agree with mm-hmm. um they assumed that i was not following the lord right. and i think that's dangerous um mm-hmm. And since we are living intentionally in a different way mm-hmm. because we have heard from God that this is the way that he wants us to be living, right. um, not just going with the flow because mm-hmm. everybody else has, mm-hmm. um, but that this path of life is more life-giving mm-hmm. for us, and, and that's this is the way that he will bless right. our marriage and bless our mm-hmm. life together, um, uh, living in this way. Mm-hmm. And like, just because it's not quote-unquote mm-hmm. normal or what is common yeah um doesn't mean that we're living in sin or doesn't mm-hmm. mean that it's unwise um, right <clears throat> so that's that's one end of the spectrum too yeah um i i, I was also going to include that um i recognize that we're not special <laughs> yeah <laughs> by any means um we're not the only ones to do this we're not like the only victims to have experienced this kind of thing like mm-hmm. uh i know there's tons of people out there that are that are there uh, on on similar journeys but um we're just talking about it in this way because it's it's a difficult part of the journey for us yeah um and uh, to reflect what ciara was saying um i think what makes it it so difficult for us is um like she was saying, her her parents, uh, you almost use, like, the word of God as as a way to try to like stop you 
yeah. from doing this. It almost like use the power that comes with the name of God to say, hey, what you're doing is wrong and, and what you're right. doing is against what we're expecting you to do. Right. Um, and there is like, there's power in, you know, God tells you something right. and then mm-hmm. to confirm it, you know, somebody mm-hmm. else prays and fasts also. Mm-hmm. And then if they get the same word, then you kind of know, okay, mm-hmm. cool. Um, because the enemy is very deceptive and things. Right. Um, but mm-hmm. there's also a lot of bias too. And like, I was always moving cultural out bias. And, mm-hmm. and my parents didn't want me to go. And there's just mm-hmm. like a whole, you know, mm-hmm. a lot. She was the first one to move out. They didn't know how to deal with that. Yeah. And I rec- I, re- I respect it. It's yeah. tough when your first child grows up, moves out, gets married. Mm-hmm. That's a traumatic experience to go through. And also when like, obviously they love me. And so mm-hmm. they're, um, they were scared mm-hmm. that if this is not where God wants me to go, right. then, like, right. you know, the, we, want, we want her to be safe. But mm-hmm. then, like, the thing that I've taken away from all that, mm-hmm. um, and Reagan has um, helped me learn this, mm-hmm. is that because we have mm-hmm. God in us and mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit live inside of us, right. even if you go the wrong, like, don't be so worried about going in the wrong direction. <laughs> because right. that's, like, a <coughs> trap of, like, like is mm-hmm. every step mm-hmm. that I take oh my gosh, yes. ordained by God. Yes. And like, because yes. if you, you know, say there are Christians who are listening uh, to this and um, mm-hmm. and you are worried about, you know, mm-hmm. do I go this way or this way? Does is this God, the will of God? Yeah, does God want me to get this job or this job? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, this car, that car, whatever. Does God want me to marry this person or that person? Ooh, that's a, ooh, that's, that's a, a big one. Yeah. Um, so relationships is a little different. I don't want to touch everything, <laughs> but yeah. like in other things, you yeah. know, like mm-hmm. I, I think the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. Yes. Whichever way you go, even if it is like mm-hmm. later, what you feel like is mm-hmm. could may have been the wrong decision. Right. God is still in you. You're mm-hmm. still all right. You're not finna die, right. and you will be okay. And then you can continue and move through that. And like I mm-hmm. went through that too. Like there was a wrong job that right. I went to. Mm-hmm. I was there for four months. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of attack there yeah and and abuse and warfare and and uh-huh. um even around the building too i mm-hmm. recognized this is not where i need to be right i got in a car accident i left mm-hmm. um but that was after like mm-hmm. you know that's a whole nother thing but um but basically i want to say like don't be so caught up in right. um does god want me to do this mm-hmm. or that like wh- if it's so much in your head yeah. um because he's still in you so mm-hmm. no matter which which way like don't be so bogged down if like right. is this the right step to take mm-hmm. or not um yeah because y- you're not gonna melt if right. you do the wrong one and i think there's i grew up mm-hmm. around like the mindset of if you take the wrong job or if you don't mm-hmm. wait long enough or if you don't pray long enough or fast long enough or sing long enough to, until, until <laughs> or talk you, to enough people yeah, or get enough advice until you know that you know that you this know is that you where know that God is... wants you to do uh-huh. or where he wants you to go, yeah. then you are operating in sin or you right. are doing it out of your own desire. Yeah. And that's not freeing Mm-mm. and that's not... That's, actually, that's living out of fear. Yeah, in religion. Yeah. Instead of relationship with the Lord. Right. Um, I, I got a lot of I got hit with a lot of that growing up. I, mm-hmm. I I came out of my teenage years with a lot of that emotion, a lot of that feeling of like, well, if I don't pick the right thing, then I'm gonna end up doing the wrong thing, mm-hmm. and God's gonna be disappointed in me. Mm-hmm. Or you're not gonna reach the full potential reach that full God potential. wants, which exactly. is false. I think when when you look at it from a more uh, grace centered perspective, and you start to look at um, the scriptures that 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 
talk about the Holy Spirit living in you, the Holy Spirit loving and guiding and praying for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't see anywhere an attitude that reflects um, where God has one specific line of life yeah. for his children to live. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they don't live in that exact one, that he's going to be somehow either A, disappointed, B, remove his blessing from their life, right. C, like hurt them somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to share a, uh, 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 analogy that the Holy Spirit gave me a while ago that helped me break out of that, that old mentality. Cause that break, that like kept kept me mm-hmm. in a mindset of fear mm-hmm. fear and worry and anxiety mm-hmm. and that's not the holy spirit the holy spirit doesn't act in fear the holy spirit doesn't guide by fear he doesn't guide by anxiety he doesn't guide by worry mm-hmm. um it is an image of like god offering like three different uh popsicle sticks you know, like those like ice, icy popsicles. Yeah, yeah. You know, with the the, the pa- wooden paper popsicle sticks, and like mm-hmm. you can have, like he's he's got his hands out. He's like, I've got these three or four different options for you, mm-hmm. and just pick one, right? You just pick one. And I'm like, well, which one is the right one? Mm-hmm. And he says, like, just pick one. <laughs> just pick one. I I got the, all of these for you. Mm-hmm. They're all good. Mm-hmm. They have different flavors. There'll be different experiences. But they're all good, and I, I'm offering you these options, and I want you to pick one. And that kind of freedom was something that, like, was totally radically different than anything that I had, like, seen reflected by my parents and their parenting style and their their career advice and their, that kind of thing, um, where, where God is, like, saying, hey, like, you can, you can do this. You can, you can, you can pick different options, and, and you're not going to, like, explode (laughs) you know um and then i saw that really play out when um when i when i left my my parents house i moved out of my parents house at the end of 2020 um start of 2021 um packed everything up moved to north carolina i had some friends there um and uh honestly truly like in my heart, the motivation, it was a Hail Mary. I just had to go. Mm-hmm. I knew I had trauma. I knew I had hurt. I knew I needed to work through that. And I knew I couldn't do that while living at home with the people that caused it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had to go. And it did not feel good in the moment. There was not a moment of clarity where I was like, this is what God wants me to do, mm-hmm. you know. I was questioning my motives the whole time. I didn't even feel anything going. I was just numb. I was, that was how wounded and like hurt I was. I was just numb. Mm. Um, but I, I left. And I got out. And I drove three days solo across country. Um, got a job at Home Goods. Mm. <laughs> um, rented a room from an older couple in a neighborhood. And you know what? That was the best season of my life. And it's from that time that I kind of see my life really started mm-hmm. because I started living in freedom out of love. started learning how to deal with pain. I started learning how to address trauma. I started learning how to feel the feelings mm-hmm. and set up boundaries. Um, and, and that's where God came into my life. Yeah. <laughs> that's where God like really started coming in and doing things in my life. I would never have known that. Mm-hmm. And I would never have experienced that if I hadn't taken the risk and said, you know what, I'm doing this whether or not 
it feels right, whether or not, because my parents were totally against it. Mm. Like, like if I'd asked their opinion, they would have said, no, don't do that. It's wrong. Um, if I'd asked most of the people around me, I would have, they would probably would have said no. Mm-hmm. I did have a mentor, uh, that I went, that I, the mentor that I went and stayed with, um, in North Carolina. He, he was encouraging me because he knew my story. He knew, he knew like why I needed to leave. Um, but, um, uh, yeah, so when, when, um, when I did that, I didn't feel any sort of heavenly presence saying, this is what you should do, Reagan. This mm-hmm. is my will. But it ended up being God's will and it mm-hmm. ended up being one of the best decisions I ever made. Yeah. So that's just experiential um, knowledge of of this concept we're talking about. Um, So when it comes to working entrepreneurship jobs, when it comes to living nomadically, when it comes to living minimally, when it comes to abandoning the the whole concept of working a 40-hour week to be able to pay an apartment, to be able to survive somehow, um, you know, we're both in our early 20s. I'm 23. CR is 21, about to be 22. Uh, we're, we're newly married, no kids. Mm-hmm. This is the time of life to do stuff like this. Mm-hmm. This is the time of life to, to try new things. This is the prime time to do to do this and to invest in ourselves. And um, when we seek the Lord on it and when we have asked his permission and his guidance, this is what we truly feel mm-hmm. he is leading us to do. There's no Bible verse that says do that. Mm-hmm. but there's a relationship with God that we have. Right. And through Bible verses, you can get to know God's heart. And when you get to know God's heart, you can align your heart with his. And then you can start to recognize the things that like encourage his heart and the things that grieve his heart. And you can start aligning your life choices with the things that encourage his heart. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's a... Whew, three years ago, Reagan... <laughs> would have been mind blown by that that's amazing the analogy was beautiful i that is amazing i'm sorry i never shared that with you that is gorgeous truth be told i've forgotten about it completely until just now well it came thank out you holy spirit time. yeah thank you holy spirit that was wonderful <laughs> and i also want to say you're just great um <laughs> i want to say that um like you're saying now is a perfect time mm-hmm. for all this um and it's also like when it comes to our marriage, mm-hmm. like things like this, this big um, life change, and Gosh, it feels big, yeah. Yeah, that's this is like for this being the at the beginning of our marriage, mm-hmm. um, so much growth that mm-hmm. we're doing right now, and there's a lot of growth that will come from mm-hmm. um, the life change that mm-hmm. that will happen. Yeah. Whether whether like we do van life for six months mm-hmm. and then financially have to do something else or like right. another life change happens and we can't do it or or we do van life for like two years mm-hmm. and and we or we like start a family in a bus right. or something or we like get a house and mm-hmm. live minimally there but yeah. not. I'd love to live on land in a tiny home. You yeah, know? That, like there, yes, there's different there's different seasons for different times in our lives yeah but this is where we're at right now and it's a treasure that um that god has mm-hmm. revealed this to us so early yeah um, yeah and i'm looking forward to <laughs> life with you like this me too i'm, I'm excited um yeah. thank you all for sticking with it thank you if you're still listening right now thank you and i hope this was fruitful and helpful to you <laughs> yeah 
We'll we'll talk more in f- the future about our relationship with God. We'll talk more in the future about um, artistic creativity mm-hmm. and anxiety and how that plays out, turning that into a business. Mm-hmm. I'm really interested uh, about all that stuff. Um, so, yeah, we'll be talking about that in the future. But until then, have a wonderful time. Yes. Um, thanks for tuning in. We are gonna sign off now. We are. Um, have a have a good one, mm. listeners. Um, we will link the my website and the Patreon below, um, and we'll see you next week. Mm.